Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in Johannesburg, South Africa, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we talk about football in Uganda, and we have an interview with Crane's striker Emmanuel Okwi. Okwi has over 50 appearances for Uganda and is currently playing in Tanzania. He tells us how things didn't work out for him in Europe. I got to a team that uh, was uh, playing some good football and I didn't have a chance of playing so much. Uh, I didn't have so much playing time. But uh, mentally, I believe they made me stronger. And also we ask, uh, which African national team showed the most improvement in 2017? Uganda are certainly a contender. And we catch up on the latest in the English Premier League. So that's all coming up, but first to the FIFA Club World Cup in the United Arab Emirates, where Africa's representatives Widad Casablanca of Morocco finished a rather disappointing sixth. They put up a really good display in the quarterfinals, where they agonisingly lost 1-0 to Pachucha of Mexico in extra time, playing the final hour with 10 men and conceding with just eight minutes of extra time left. But in the fifth-place playoff, Widad then lost 3-2 to Japanese side Urawa Red. This means that Africa has now finished sixth in the annual tournament for three years in a row now, as Mamelodi Sundowns of South Africa and TP Mazembe of DR Congo also lost both their games in the previous two editions. So Widad Casablanca unable to come anywhere close to the achievements of TP Mazembe of DR Congo and Raja Casablanca of Morocco, who both reached the final in the past. Well, now let's go to our interview with Uganda striker Emmanuel Okwi. Okwi has over 50 appearances for the Cranes and is currently playing in Tanzania with one of the country's top clubs, Simba. Before that, Okwi was in Denmark, but things didn't work out for him there. He featured for the Uganda national team in the 2018 World Cup qualifiers, where the Cranes finished second in their group behind Egypt, and he scored the only goal of the game in a 1-0 win over Egypt. Well, Planet Sport Football Africa's Liam Flint spoke to Okwi on Skype and first asked how things are for him in Tanzania. I got a chance of going back to Simba and I went there. Uh, things so far are moving so well for me. I'm playing so well and scoring goals so, so far so good. I'm so happy playing at Simba right now. Is it strange going back to Tanzania because you've played for Simba before? Yeah, so many people look at it in a strange way, but... Uh, for me, I believe there's always a reason that uh, why everything happens. So I trust God to make the right move for me. If the right move comes, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. But for now, I'm happy at Simba. And uh, I believe that's the good best choice I could make at the moment. And Emmanuel, previously you did get a move to Europe, which was big for you to yeah. play in Denmark. And then you, you came back sure. after that spell. How much did playing in Europe help you as a footballer? Uh, I would say it helped me mentally because I faced uh, a lot of challenges uh, in uh, Denmark. I got to a team that uh, was uh, playing some good football and I didn't have a chance of playing so much. Uh, I didn't have so much playing time. But uh, mentally, I believe they made me stronger and uh, I got to a league where the players were better than where I was before. And uh, it was a big challenge for me to get into the first team. I didn't get enough time to play. But mentally, I would uh, say... It helped me really a lot. And lots of African footballers growing up dream of moving to Europe and being able to play over there. Would you recommend it still? 
Yeah, sure. I would still recommend players because uh, I believe everyone has got his own destiny and uh, there's always a chance out there for a different kind of player. Maybe it didn't work out for me, but it could work out for another player. I believe uh, we just need to prepare ourselves much better technically, mentally, and uh, of course there's a lot of things in football that uh, we don't learn here in Africa, but uh, if we could uh, start from the grassroots and make sure that we are prepared for professional football, it would make it even better and easier for the other players. And Emmanuel, you're away from club football. You're a big star in terms of Ugandan football. You've made over 50 caps now for the country. Yeah. How special has it been for you to be able to play for Uganda? I think it's always a privilege for anyone to represent their, their nation. And uh, it's, it, it always feels the same every time I go onto the pitch. The first time I stepped on the, onto the pitch wearing the Uganda and, uh, national team jersey is the same way I feel up to now because... I feel lucky to be representing the national team because with the national team there are thousands and thousands of players who would love to be on the pitch at that moment to represent their nations but I feel so lucky and I thank God for that that I've been able to play all those games for the national team and I'm still looking forward to having more games for the national team. Do you get frustrated sometimes because in terms of the world events and Uganda's chance of qualifying they're very slim so does that ever frustrate you that with your country you can't go to these big events? It actually frustrates us in a way, but also motivates us in another way. We get really motivated when we when we always come into a game and uh, everyone thinks we are the underdogs. It always motivates us to work harder because we believe that uh, by working harder and winning such games, we are giving ourselves to go to much better clubs professionally. And I'm sure, like the rest of the world, you'll be watching the World Cup next summer in Russia. Just out of interest, Emmanuel, out of the teams from Africa who will be there. Who are you backing? Who do you think will go the furthest? I think uh, Egypt and uh, Senegal, they have a big chance of going further because uh, Senegal, they have so many, it's a star-studded team. Most of the players play in Europe and uh, they're a very physical team. They also play some good football. They are very fast also. And um, Egypt also, technically, they are a very good team and uh, they have a coach who has so much experience in uh, European football. So, yeah. I, I believe Egypt and Senegal will be will go as as far as the as the quarterfinals. Will you be supporting any one team in the World Cup? Of course, yeah. All the African nations plus one European nation, and that's Germany. Germany? Why Germany? Ah, uh, because they have the same colours with our national flag, and uh, I love their national anthem. And Emmanuel, I know off the pitch, your faith in God is a big part of who you are. Could you just tell us why that is so important to you? I know that uh, God drives my life and I believe that uh, up to this moment where I am right now, everything for me. Without God, there would be nothing. Uh, without faith, I wouldn't be anywhere. I would have given up. But uh, the faith always drives me and it's like my, my driver in my body. It's like my heart because without faith, I'm nothing. And uh, I believe without God, I wouldn't be anywhere. Emmanuel, you've got some great stories about playing in Tanzania and through your career that's tied in with your yeah. faith. Just tell us about your experience in Tanzania with the fans and how they reacted to your hairstyle and what they thought of that. <laughs> so many people thought that, uh, you know, in Tanzania, so many people believe in witchcraft. And um, it, uh, it so happens that uh, so many African countries believe uh, in uh, those kinds of uh, witchcraft. I've always believed in God until this time and I still believe in God and uh, so many people actually thought that uh, with the hairstyle that I have that's where my power comes from and that's where I'm doing my juju you know in Africa they call witchcraft juju but I've always told them and I still will tell them that uh, God is my driver and uh, 
that's all that I have. That's the protector that I have. That is the shield that I, I wear. That's my armor. I've conversations with so many people asking me, what do you do? Because uh, we've seen so many people coming in and out of Tanzania and uh, not performing as good as they, they have been doing, but I've always been telling them that my secret is good. And I, it, it's actually not a secret. With God still on my side, I still have a lot to offer. Does your faith make you a better footballer? Or is it just for your life when you're off the pitch? What do you think? I think uh, it's it's for, for both. Uh, on and off the pitch, I'm with God and uh, my faith is always strong. And I believe with uh, with my faith, it, it actually makes me a better footballer. And Emmanuel, we like to ask footballers, what's the most important thing to you when you think of Christmas? Uh, the most important uh, thing, thing for me is actually that's the day that uh, Jesus Christ was born. And uh, that's the day that uh, I share with my family, uh, with my parents and my family. And uh, it's a special day for us as a family. We go to church and then from church we always sit and eat and drink and rejoice and uh, celebrate the life of Jesus Christ. So that's Uganda striker Emmanuel Arqui talking to Planet Sport Football Africa's Liam Flint. Arqui currently playing for Simba in Tanzania. Well, firstly, on that, Solomon, Tanzanian clubs seem to be attracting some very good African players these days. We've had quite a few Zimbabweans going to clubs like Simba, also Singida and Young Africans. Yeah, Steve, definitely the Tanzanian uh, clubs uh, are really attracting some very good players from across Africa, not just the Zimbabweans like you mentioned, but also you get players from Uganda, from Kenya, a few from West Africa, uh, you know, and also some Congolese players crossing over to go uh, compete in the what we call the Tanzanian Premier League. Now, the Tanzanian Premier League is uh, a 16-club Premier League and it's been sponsored by the uh, cell phone giant uh, Vodacom. And so they put in quite a lot of money there. And also we have a sport pizza uh, betting company who is uh, one of the sponsors of uh, two of the clubs in the Premier League. Uh, you get clubs like Young Africans and Azam and Singida and Simbai FC. And Young Africans is the most successful club, uh, followed by Simbai FC, who has won 16 title during the Tanzanian Premier League, which was established in, in 1965. I feel, you know, uh, the Tanzanian Premier League is attractive to other African players because it's, it's gradually becoming very professionally run uh, and also uh, there's uh, some sort of uh, sponsors money going in there so clubs are able to attract uh, talent from other part of uh, of africa uh, we saw uh, everton fc with wayne rooney earlier on during their pre-season uh, they came to uh, dar es salaam and uh, played a big game uh, there and fans from across kenya you know crossed over to uganda just to watch uh, Everton and Wayne Rooney perform better. So it's definitely something that, uh, you know, is good for the Tanzanian Premier League. Yeah, things are growing in terms of club football in Tanzania. So uh, looking at uh, Uganda, while the Cranes didn't qualify for next year's World Cup, they did do well to finish second in their group, I'd say, and they were at this year's Africa Cup of Nations, appearing for the first time in 39 years. Uh, you do get the feeling that Uganda are going in the right direction, aren't they? The cranes of Uganda have really performed very well going to the Africa Cup of Nations for the first time. 
in 39 years. And also during the World Cup qualifiers, they played some great games. Uh, they defeated Egypt 1-0 uh, at home, nil-nil draw with with uh, Ghana. And, and I feel, you know, they, they really uh, have been on the rise in as much as a lot of the players play in Africa, uh, you know, but led by uh, Denis Onyango, the captain of the Ugandan side and also the goalkeeper for uh, Sundowns in South Africa. They, they've showed that they know that they know what they're capable of. And I think credit must go to the former coach, uh, who has now left for Orlando Pirates. I feel the coach leaving is definitely going to interrupt the direction of uh, Ugandan football. He was there for about four years and he was able to build a good relationship with, with the players. But then he got an offer from Orlando Pirates Football Club and he left. And I feel he is one of the biggest factor. Uh, in the way that the Ugandan uh, football uh, team took a direction. And, and now with him leaving, you know, I think it's def- definitely going to slow down the progression. But they've done so well. They have the players, uh, young players coming up, players that are, uh, are playing across Africa, uh, players that are a few of them, very few of them in Europe. So definitely Uganda is, is definitely, for me, in the last year or two, Uganda has been one of the clubs in, in Africa, the countries rather, in Africa that has been doing so well. Yes, uh, certainly the departure of Serbian coach uh, Militin Micho Shredovic, uh, cause for concern for Uganda as he led them so well for four years. Moses Basena, now the interim coach of the Cranes. And uh, Solomon, as we look back on 2017, if you were to name the most improved African team this year, which team would you think of? I certainly say that Uganda must be up there as one of them. Yeah, Uganda would definitely be up there. And uh, I hope we're going to see Uganda in back-to-back AFCON tournaments. Uh, that way we know that they're consistent. But I also have to give credit also to Morocco. Morocco has done well. Uh, during the last AFCON, you know, quite a lot of people... I, I actually thought Morocco was going to get all the way to the final and win the tournament, but which they didn't. But the way they played was really encouraging. And also the fact that the Morocco qualified for the World Cup to go to Russia 2018, I think it's a big plus also for Morocco. And I think one of the themes for me also is uh, I would I would give it to Senegal. Senegal, though they have great players playing across Europe, but a lot of people tend to forget that in as much as Senegal had great players, they've not been able to function as a unit and qualify for the World Cup since uh, 2002 when they got to the quarterfinal. But now we've seen Senegal, uh, you know, getting back to qualify for the World Cup, and we've seen them beginning to play, you know, as a team uh, led by their their coach and former player Aliou Cissé. Uh, and and I feel, you know, uh, definitely uh, Senegal is is one of the teams to beat as long as they gel together as a team. Uh, you know, and also they've been doing so well in the last year or two. Uh, I, I feel they they're beginning to get back to a place where hopefully in the next four years they will be up there among the top five consistently. You know, when it comes to African football. Yes, and in the latest FIFA World Rankings, Senegal have their highest ever World Ranking of 23 as they move to the top of the African Rankings. Well, this week on Facebook and WhatsApp, we're asking, who do you think is the most improved national team of 2017? Senegal, as Solomon says there, and Morocco certainly did very well this year and showed a great improvement. Uganda did well too. Also, maybe the likes of Burkina Faso reaching the semi-finals of the Nations Cup. And even Egypt, uh, always a giant, but uh, a very good 2017 for the Pharaohs, finishing runners-up at the Africa Cup of Nations and qualifying for 
for their first World Cup since 1990. Who do you think is the most improved African national team of 2017? You can go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Who do you think is the most improved African national team of this year? Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, and you can download our app and listen to the show any time. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Once you've downloaded, you can listen to the show any time on the app and access past programs too in our archive. Also, you can listen to the show on our website. That's planetsportfootballafrica dot com, and our Twitter handle is at planetsportfa. Well, now we turn to your comments on social media, and on last week's program, we focused on women's football with a report from Cameroon, where the Women's Africa Cup of Nations was held a year ago. But while this was an opportunity to grow the women's game, the situation there right now is not good with women's football, as the indomitable lionesses have not played any friendlies in the past year. So we asked, how is women's football treated in your country, and does women's football deserve better? Well, this clearly is an issue that you feel strongly about. We've had another big response this week, and we'll start in Cameroon, where our report came from last week. Fabrice says women's football in Cameroon is descending with neglect at the highest level. Here we have the local women's league at all levels, but it's hardly seen or even heard of. Football is more of a political issue, says Fabrice. The Women's Nations Cup was hosted here, but now you can't see a trace or even hear of the female team any longer. The truth is, young girls here in Cameroon love playing the game, but we lack the facilities and infrastructure, and some fear of exploitation. Women's football in Cameroon is in a deplorable situation. There's no hope for our girls in Africa. Well, strong words there from Fabrice、uh, to Ghana now, and on Facebook, Daniel Buckman says it's very pathetic to see women's football in shambles. We hardly find time to talk about them, especially in Africa. In Ghana, winning bonuses and their welfare is very poor. What else can we say? It's a simple wake-up call, says Daniel. We've had several comments about the situation in Malawi. Samson Makawa says here in Malawi, the women's team is called the She Flames, but they don't receive any support from the government, so developing new players is difficult. Also in Malawi is Blessings Nyerenda, and Blessings says to be serious, women's football in Malawi needs to improve a lot in terms of facilities and the people who direct it. Women's football deserves the best, and I love it, says Blessings. And Alfred Mdimba also in Malawi says it's worse here with the DD Sunshine as the only notable women's football club. The rest of the players are from schools where there's only one competition per year. The Airtel Rising Stars, but once a school is out of the competition, there is no more training. Thanks for that, Alfred, and that transition from schools football to full-time senior football is always a big issue. To the Gambia now, and David Noah says women's football in the Gambia is given the recognition it deserves. Now we have an all-females league with clubs like Red Scorpion, Abuko United, and Interior, to name just a few. 
I hope the relevant authorities here will consider building more sporting facilities and to upgrade the female and male leagues to professional status, so that in the coming years the Gambia can compete on the world stage with other African heavyweights such as Nigeria, Ghana, and Senegal," says David. So David is optimistic, but Mahari Cham, also in the Gambia, sent us this voice note with his concerns. Female football is neither treated any better in the Gambia here, because back in 2012 we saw a revolution in our female football when our under-17 qualified to the Azerbaijan World Cup, and that was a famous one for for the country, and everyone was happy about it, and everyone was with the expectation that things will kick start from there. But after that famous tournament, everything went went to bed. There was not more and more involvement of these girls towards the game. Recently, we saw a little bit of involvement because we saw our under-17 being registered for the second time to the ongoing under-17 qualifiers. But I think the way federations are going on with this development of female football is just discouraging because the inconsistency level is just discouraging. Strong views there then from Mahari Cham, also in the Gambia, and on a WhatsApp voice note,、uh, the views of Ebrima Kante. Concern about women football, I believe, as you said, the African federation they are not paying much attention to women's football. It is high time for them to pay attention to it because they used to treat them equally. These girls are passion for sports. Give them the opportunity, let them showcase their talent. But most of the federation always favors the male counterparts, and if you can see, it's difficult for the girls.、Uh, the stigma attached to playing football by a girl, so the person is struggling just to play football. But it's difficult.、Uh, the federation is not paying much attention to them, so we should treat them equally, or at least we should treat them with more respect. Thanks for your thoughts, Ebrima Kante. Sansui Mane is also in the Gambia. He says, "In my country, women's football has been poorly developed for many, many years. It was just this year that things are coming up again.、Uh, women's football wasn't given the required incentive to be established as a real team. They need a lot of support and proper management to forge ahead," says Sansui. Well, here's a view now from Zambia. This comment from Kenge Kendria Kauzi. In Zambia, female football is not in a good state, says Kenge. It's just in towns like Kitwe and Dola and Lusaka where women's football is considered. The female leagues need more financial support in Africa at large. In Sierra Leone, Mohamed Chamak Kabgo says here in Sierra Leone, female football is not valued, and all the stakeholders engage in eating funds. Alleges Mohamed, the infighting between the leaders even worsens the male game instead of helping to develop the female game. Ibrahim is also in Sierra Leone. He says here it seems as if we don't have a female football team, and、uh, well, Ibrahim, sadly, that's right. As the Sierra Queens have only ever played four times in games recognised by FIFA, and the most recent was way back in 2010.、Uh, so certainly, at present, is not a good picture for women's football in Sierra Leone. 
Let's get a view from Nigeria now, from Barnabas Ande. Barnabas says women's football in Nigeria is thriving quite well, but a lot more still needs to be done, especially in terms of financing the women's game at all levels. Much attention needs to be given to the women's league in the country, although I must commend the Nigeria FA on the just-concluded NWPFL Super 4. Overall, I think the women's game is on the up right now in Nigeria. But Obina, also in Nigeria, isn't so sure. He says, yes, I think women's football deserves much better treatment in my country, says Obina. Uh, Well, like uh, Cameroon, Nigeria's women haven't played since the Women's Nations Cup a year ago, but there were positive developments quite recently when the Nigeria Football Federation apologised for the state of the women's game and said that it will now focus on women's football. Well, so a very wide range of comments there. It seems uh, no doubt there's a very wide gulf in women's football in Africa, depending on your particular country. Thanks so much for all of those views and apologies if we didn't get to read out your comment. This week we're asking which is the most improved national team of 2017 then. So we've seen quite a few national teams making great strides this year. We mentioned Morocco, Uganda, Burkina Faso and Senegal among others. Which would you say is the most improved team of all those in Africa in 2017? You can go to our Facebook page Planet Sport Football Africa or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. We're next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. We focus on the English Premier League. We had midweek games this week and the Christmas and New Year holiday period is always crucial as so many games are played. I'm joined now by our European football expert, Stuart Weir. How do you see the title race now, Stuart? Yes, indeed, Steve. A busy week for Premier League clubs with everyone playing twice. And it's certainly Manchester City who feel happiest about the situation. First of all, they won the Manchester Derby 2-1 and followed that up with a 4-0 win at Swansea. And as none of the other top six teams managed to win both their games, City are now 11 points clear at the top with Manchester United second, Chelsea three points behind Manchester United, and now Tottenham are in fourth place, equal on points with Liverpool and Burnley, but they're an incredible 18 points behind Manchester City after 17 games. Now, it's really too early to say that the league is over, but it's going to take a real effort for anyone to catch Manchester City, and indeed, one would think, a complete collapse by Manchester City um, with this already 11-point lead. Now, Sam Allardyce's Everton drew with Liverpool and then beat Newcastle to move into the top half of the table. And a player called Wayne Rooney scored both their goals this week. And when he left Manchester United at the end of last season, many of us wondered if that was the beginning of the end of his career. Well, nine Premier League goals so far this season seem to have answered that one somewhat. The Ivorian Wilfred Bonney scored for the second week running when Swansea beat West Bromwich Albion, but unfortunately that 4-0 defeat at home to Manchester City plus other results leaves Swansea City still bottom of the table. Now, I mentioned that Burnley were equal fourth on points, and in fact, because they played on Tuesday, 
uh, they actually found themselves in fourth place in the Premier League on their own for a day. And I think that's an amazing achievement for a small-town team like Burnley with no star players. Tottenham's Serge Aurier, the Ivorian who came from Paris Saint-Germain, got his first goal for the club, although it's been a bit of an in-and-out time for him with competition with Kieran Trippier and Trippier often getting the nod. Now, there's one match, Steve, I really want to talk about midweek, Watford Crystal Palace. Watford, with 87 minutes gone, were leading 1-0, in fact, Palace had not even had a shot on target at that point. And in the space of five minutes, Watford's Tom Cleverley got a red card and Crystal Palace scored two goals to win the game. Really quite remarkable. Swansea, Crystal Palace and West Ham all won this week but remain in the relegation places. But it's really tight at the bottom with Brighton, Bournemouth, Stoke, Newcastle and West Brom all within three points of the relocation zone. Really very tight and fascinating. Now, Steve, you know how I like a bit of trivia. When Tottenham beat Stoke City this week, Eric Schupermutting from Cameroon was one of four Erics on the field. Eric Lambella and Eric Dyer of Tottenham and Eric Peters plus shopping in the Stoke side. Occasionally we've talked about the significance of shirt numbers. Well, last weekend, Ryan Shawcross of Stoke scored an own goal, as did Ayosi Perez of Newcastle, and then Christian Bantaki missed a penalty for Crystal Palace, and all of them were wearing shirt number 17. So my advice is avoid shirt 17 in future. (laughs) Well, thanks very much for that, Stuart. Big games on in the English Premier League this weekend. Manchester City, Tottenham on Saturday. Uh, Also coming up, Chelsea against Southampton. Arsenal are playing Newcastle. And then on Sunday, Liverpool away to Bournemouth. And Manchester United away to West Brom. Well, that's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers in Harare from Solomon Ashams in South Africa and Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.